Oh, man, thank you, uh, Sebastian. Thank you, Carlos, for helping a guy out. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, you know, I've been in ministry now full-time for, um, well, I guess I don't really know about full-time, but uh, here anyway, I think it's like June 19th, it'll be 10 years that I've been here, which is crazy to me, you know, 10 years. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I've, I found that not just like in having the honor of working with people, but even just in my own life, I found that many questions, it, we could almost, <laughs> we could take all of the questions like that we hear in ministry and even in our own lives and almost funnel them into one general question. Not all of them, don't hear me wrong, but just I think like a lot of them. And that one question could be, what's God's will? What's God's will? You know, for example, people will not know where they're supposed to go to school, right? So they gra they're graduating from high school. Anybody graduating from high school this year? Hey, wow, wow. <laughs> so one of the questions is, where should I go to school, right? You had several opportunities, several options, right? So you had to kind of figure out, well, which one should I go to? But how many know we can pick the best option or we can pick God's option, right? Like good things are good, but God things are really good, Amen. right? And so anyway, um, you know, when should I retire, right? When, what year should I actually retire? I'm not questioning this right now. Just ask God. It, yeah, it is. It is simple. But there's so many questions that we ask in the church. You know, who should I date? When should I date them? You know, should I marry them? Should I not? You know, all, all these questions. And ultimately, so many of them could be funneled into just this one question of, well, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for me right now? Do you know? And so anyway, I've, I've, I've explored this question, well, ever since I got saved. I think we all do, right? Um, and, oh, I have an announcement to share with you. And it's not that Abby's pregnant, okay? <laughs> we got that out of the way, so if you want to leave now, you can. <laughs> no, and actually, I use poor terminology. It's not really an announcement as much as it is a testimony, and so I'm excited to go through that. And really, it was the testimony I'm going to be sharing. It's, it's birthed in this question of, well, what's God's will? Okay, so can we just do a little story time really quick? Okay, so this was, well, first of all, when I, when I was first um, born, <laughs> we're not going to go like the, super long here, but uh, 30 years ago, um, almost 31, pray for me, my mom, she got me started, she would, she would read the Bible to me as just a little kid, and she had these picture books, and she would go through these stories of the Bible, you know, and I distinctly remember Daniel in the lion's den. I think I liked him because my middle name's Daniel, but... It was just so cool, and the, the art was amazing. And anyway, she would read through all of these stories, Daniel in the lion's den, Joseph with the coat of many colors, you know, Jesus feeding the 5,000, him welcoming the children, all, all of these stories throughout the Bible. And as a kid, I, just, I was just so impressed with this, this God of the, these, these stories. And so eventually, I ended up giving my life to Jesus. It was amazing. My mom got me my own Bible, which was a comic strip Bible. I, I wish I still had it. I'd probably enjoy that. But I started reading the Bible and reading the Bible. And I started to discover that God, just like God had a purpose for Daniel in the lion's den, just like God had a purpose for Joseph with the coat of many colors, and just like he had a purpose for Moses and Abraham and Noah and all of these people throughout the Bible, just like he had a purpose and a plan for them, I started to uncover through the scriptures that, wait, he's also got a plan and purpose for me. And how many know he's also got a plan and a purpose for you? Right. Isn't that true? 
Tell you what, do me a favor and grab your Bible really quick and go to Ephesians. Are you glad you came this morning? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you came. I'm glad I came. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I think this really summarizes it so well. It's a favorite verse to me. Um, And it goes like this. I'm reading out of the New King James, if that means anything to you. And it says, for we are his workmanship. What does your translation say? Masterpiece, handiwork, craftsmanship sometimes, poetry. We are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. I mean, we were created for a purpose. We were created for good works. Not bad works, not worldly works, no, but good works. So we were created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? That we should walk in them. And I think the Christian life is learning how to walk in those good works that God created us to do. Would you agree? So I started to discover, you know, I've got this will, in my, or God has this will for my life. He's got a plan for my life. And I just wasn't sure what it was, but I felt like it was something big, you know? You ever feel that? Like, man, God's called me to something awesome. And I, I don't know what it is, but I'm excited, you know? And then as I was going throughout my life, then, you know, different pastors and people would come in and say, hey, God's got a huge calling on your life. Hey, God's got a huge calling on your life. Hey, God's got a big calling on your life. And I finally got to the point where I was sick of hearing it. You know what I mean? Because I thought, okay, can you clue me in? Because I don't know what that is. If you could just help a brother out, you know, I don't know. Just a hint would be helpful. Anybody? But how many know God wants to be the one to reveal it to us? He wants that personal relationship to, to reveal what that calling is. And anyway, by the way, how many know the calling isn't even ours? How many know it belongs to him? I've been stewing in the parable of the talents for like three years. And at some point, maybe I'll be able to preach on it, but I'm still learning so much about it. But I'm just, I'm reminded almost daily that my calling isn't even about me. And it's not even mine. (laughs) It's his. And he just graciously gave it to me. How many know when God handcrafted you in your mother's womb, Grafted into our, each one of our existences is a purpose. We're no, none of us are breathing on accident. None of us were born and surprised God. Right? No, 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 no. It says in Romans eight twenty nine that for those God foreknew, which is who? Every single person. Did, again, was anybody ever born and God said, whoa! Where did he come from? Michael, come here. Michael. Gabriel, we got to come up with a plan really quick. I did not see this coming. (laughs) Right? Some of us feel that way. I know some parents, right? But not with God, right? (laughs) And not with us. (laughs) We don't have any kids. Um, (laughs) I got myself distracted now. What was I saying? (laughs) Anyway, God has a calling on our life. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's what I'm trying to get at. So anyway... Um, people started telling me, I started hearing from people, and I, and I started like hearing the voice of God in certain aspects. And really, it was his voice that led me to Rice Lake, Wisconsin, to serve in this church, to serve our incredible pastors. And I, had, I was kind of a stranger to the voice of God. Anybody been there? Um, I, I'll spare you the story, but anyway, so 
the Lord called me here. It was, it was by his voice, and it was absolutely amazing, and it's been amazing. I wouldn't want to be anyplace else. I'm telling you right now. We, we are so fortunate to be here. God has positioned you and I right here for such a time as this, right? And it's up to us to fulfill what God has for us in this season and beyond. Remember Esther? Remember what Mordecai said to her when she was tempted to not help save her people? Because she was comfortable in the palace, right? She had it, everything was going on. It was, it was really nice. And she realized she was the one that God was going to use to save Israel. But she got comfortable and she thought, well, I don't know. This is pretty nice in here. I kind of like these golden bowls. Kind of like this shirt. You know, I don't know. I, I might get murdered too. And I don't know if I want to do this. Because literally all of Israel is going to be executed. And Mordecai sent a message to Esther. Do you remember what he said? He said, depending on your translation in one particular, I think it's the Amplified, he said, don't flatter yourself, Esther. Don't flatter yourself. And you know the verse, right? For you were born for such a time as this. But you know what Mordecai also said? He said, if you don't rise up and do what God's called you to do, he will surely raise up somebody else. And I don't know about you, but I burn, that, that haunts me. That truth haunts me because I refuse to be passed up because I'm too comfortable to do what he's asked me to do. Come on, aren't you the same way? Man, and I, he's got a purpose for us as a church family, and I'm just thankful to be a part of it, aren't you? It's wonderful. What he's doing here, what he's doing in Chippewa and in Eau Claire and even in other cities, it's been wonderful, and God's got a lot more up his sleeve, doesn't he? He really does. The darker the world gets, the, light of the, the brighter the light shines. Isn't that true? So anyways, um, I'll just fast forward. So it was in 20, 2018 or so, Actually, no, it was maybe like 2017. I kind of started feeling like I should write a book or something. And I was like, but who am I to write a book? I'm like no name from nowhere, Chiefs fan. And at that time, it was nothing, you know. Are you a Chiefs fan? God bless you. You, you are welcome here. You are. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, who am I? Nobody's going nobody's gonna to buy this book, you know. And uh, anyway, but then Pastor Bob stepped into my, or stepped in, I stepped into his office, excuse me, he was in my life already. And he said, uh, hey, Jake, I think you should write a book. But it was one of those not like really, I think, he's like, you should write a book. And I thought, okay, cool. That, that kind of like goes along with what I was feeling. And now that you said it, I'm gonna go for it, man. So I started a book. And then all of a sudden I was like, I think I'll do a different one. So I moved on to another book. And then I moved on to another one. And I started like three or four different projects. And I realized this isn't really working out. So I need to just focus on one. So I focused on one. I wrote it all out and I finished it in um, roughly like February, 2020. Okay, so I had it like done. And then I went to access the file and guess what? Corrupted. The file was corrupted. All the other files opened perfect. So I thought, well, that's, that's a huge bummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thousands of words, countless hours, and tons of effort and prayer and study went into this book, and now it's gone? So I go to Pastor Bob, just completely unsure of what to do, and he was a former software engineer, by the way, and he and Pastor Shard, did you know that they gave up a, a financially, financially lucrative lifestyle to pastor a church of like, what, 20 people? 25, sorry, <laughs> 25 people. <laughs> that's, that's amazing, isn't it? 
Well, anyway, I figured I'd tap into that old software engineer, you know. I said, Pastor Bob, my file is corrupted. I don't know what to do. He said, oh, I got you. Bring it in here. So I brought it in. And this is after I was Googling and YouTube and trying to fix everything I could think of. But I don't really barely know how to work my phone, much less a computer. So I took it into Pastor Bob, and he starts working on it. He said, just leave it in here. I'll take care of it. I said, awesome. Thank God, you know. He couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. And he told me, Jake, I'm so sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it will not open. Do you have a backup anywhere? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, step one, make a backup. <laughs> but how many know when you feel like God's asked you and assigned you to do something and you do it and you do it with zeal, you do it with diligence, you do it with the best that you can, and then when something falls through, you begin to question, well, maybe it wasn't actually God. Have you ever been there? Maybe it's not a book. Maybe it's in your business. You start a business and you know God's called you to do it, but all of a sudden nothing's going right. And so because nothing's going right, you start to question, ah, maybe I was never supposed to do this. And you start entertaining the idea of quitting. Anybody? How about marriage? Can we get real personal this morning? We're family, right? You know, you know those days, those, those, those flare-ups? Every other day, you're like, you know for sure, man. You're like, man, you're the person for me. But there's those, there's those moments right? And you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> See, the enemy will try to come in and he'll try to get you to give up on what God's called you to do. And he'll do it oftentimes through discouragement. And we'll, we'll look at things when they don't go the way we were expecting. And we'll somehow conclude that we, it wasn't God instead of looking at it and concluding, oh, this is an opportunity for me to rise up in faith. Oh, God's trying to teach me something right now. What could it be, Lord? Well, I, did, I, I didn't do that. I quit. <laughs> I just gave up on it, man. I said, I'm done. I'm not rewriting all that again, you know. And, and, and many of you actually uh, were a huge encouragement to me in the midst of that. Um, and so anyway, so I, I, I gave up. And then all of a sudden, um, I came kind of to this. It felt like a crossroads. It was my wife and I. We were in our prayer room. And I was just having one of those bad days, you know. And I don't know about you, but I would say 360 days of the year, I'm, I'm emotionally stable. But there's like five days a year where I am not. <laughs> and this was one of those days. And I'm in, I'm in our prayer room, and I'm just bawling my face off. My wife is my witness, just crying. And she was being a really awesome wife, counselor, uh, aid of the Lord. Uh, listening to me, and I was just venting. And I won't tell you everything because we don't have much time, but I just went through a list of things, okay? Like, it was probably like four or five different things that I was just venting about because I was like, man, I, since I was a kid, like, I felt like I've had this calling on my life. There's a purpose on my life, and I just feel frustrated, and I just don't know. Uh, all these things, just frustrated. Have you ever been there? Okay, cool. So we're all in this together, right? We're doing okay? You're not judging me right now? Like, oh, Pastor Jake's unstable. <laughs> so are you, okay? Uh, come on, come on. <laughs> it's on Christ the solid rock we stand. All other ground is, come on, man. So I was just, I was venting these things to her. And the very last thing I said to her was, and this was on a Friday in February, 2022. I said, and I feel like I'm supposed to write this book, you know, like I had it in my heart. Pastor Bob confirmed it and I believe him as my pastor. And so I did it and then it went nowhere and I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do it again. I'm not going to waste my time. If God called me to do it, then I'll do it. But if he didn't, I'm not going to waste my time. I just need clarity, man. And so she was just wonderful. She prayed with me, and it was really awesome. And the very next morning, 
I got up and I referenced the story uh, of the good father in Luke 15. You remember that? The prodigal son? Pastor Shar, she's like, it's actually the story of the, of the good father. I love that. Anybody else? That's really, it's, it's an amazing perspective. Anyway, Jake Bradway preached a fire word last night. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. His illustration was so good. Anyway, just go listen to it. But you referenced Luke 15. And um, I remember the older brother in the story. Remember, was he super happy about the, his brother coming home? No, he was, he was not celebrating at all, right? And the, and the father told him in the story, he said, hey, all that I have is yours. And so I, I went to the Lord this Saturday morning. I was coming to a leadership meeting right here, right where we're sitting. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to cash in this older brother opportunity here. And you said that all that you have is available to me. And so you're sending a guest speaker to come this weekend. That's what the meeting was going to be for. So I said, I'm, I'm coming to this guest speaker. Apparently he's super prophetic and stuff. So I just need clarity. I need you to tell me what to do, God, because I'm not going to waste time. And so I vented all this to the Lord, and I said, but, first of all, it'd be really great for you to confirm what I'm supposed to do. So please do that, God. It'd be awesome. But if you don't, I'm still going to serve you faithfully, and I'm not going to quit. So I said. I come to church. We have the leadership meeting. And then right before the end, he calls up Abby and I to the front. And I'm not telling you, if you don't believe in the prophetic, listen to this. We come standing there, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this is the moment, you know? I'm, I'm kind of nervous, actually. It was Charlie Champ, if you uh, remember him. He chronologically, how many of you were in that meeting on Saturday, that Saturday morning? Raise your hand. If I, okay, awesome. Yeah, so you guys will remember this. He chronologically nailed every single thing that I said to my wife in private the night before. Chronologically. Used the same words that I used. Can I just be honest with you? One of the things I said to my wife is like, I'm, I just feel like, can I just be honest? Okay, don't judge me, okay? Like, I love everything and everything's cool, all right? But... <laughs> In this bad day, I was like, I just, I'm done babysitting. I just feel like I'm babysitting. Frustration, anger, bitterness, just coming up out of my heart. And then he, he one of the things he said was, you're not in a babysitting program. <laughs> wow. And he just encouraged me. He's like, you landed in the right place. You know, this is where discipleship needed to happen in your life. And this is where you're, you know, called whatever. He, he just chronologically hit every single thing. And the very last thing he said I see you writing something. I'm like, mm-mm. mm-mm. <laughs> I need you to see that file that got lost. That's what I need you to see and then grab that and bring it back home. But he said, I, I see you writing something. And I see you writing manuals, manuals being written. And you're going to write these manuals. And they're going to be for the army of the Lord. And um, the testimonies of these, these manuals are going to go all around the world. And uh, he said some other things. And he said, God will give you a download of this manual. And that was the very last thing that I said to my wife in the prayer room, is I need to know. That's what I said that morning to the Lord. I need to know what you're asking me to do. Should I write this thing or not? But I didn't even know what to write, because I definitely wasn't going to write the one that I just lost, you know. So anyway, very shortly after that, God gave me a download, and I wrote this whole book. And that's the announcement, by the way. If I, you, I have a cover you can look at, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was crazy how God 
how he, he, he navigated everything, I'm telling you. So I got the download, I started, uh, I started working on it, and then all of a sudden he started opening doors to work with people that I had no business working with, okay? Like the, my editor is, an, is a machine. She actually was at the same school of evangelism that I was at in Reinhard Bonnke's ministry. She wasn't there as a student, but she got, got flown in to work with Todd White because she did his book or something. And so anyway, so she got to work with me, or I got, I got to work with her, let me say that right. <laughs> she got to work with me. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> and then uh, the, another, another guy, the Lord just like opened up this door to work with a guy who's worked with so many authors that every single person in here would know. He was friends with Reinhard Bonnke and worked with him on his products, some of his products. And he's working with me. I'm working with him. That's crazy. How many know your gift will make room for you, right? And when God's called you to do something, he'll, it doesn't mean that it will be void of challenges, it doesn't mean that it won't be difficult at times, but there'll be a grace and an ease that carries you through. And he'll just open doors for you that you won't even see coming. Are you with me? So I'm sharing this to say, if you would just please buy a ton of copies. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't care if you, don't, don't buy any. I'll give you one for free, honestly. Because this whole process over the last year, you have no idea how much of a blessing you have been to me. Unbeknownst to you, so many of you, all of you, have been such an encouragement to me along the way. I'm just blessed and thankful to be a part of this church family. And anyway, this has kind of been in the shadows for a year. And uh, you've just really, when I got discouraged without you knowing, you lifted me up. And when I wanted to quit without you knowing, you helped me stay the course. And I'm just thankful for you. So that's all I want to say. Sorry we're not pregnant. Um, and whatever else, maybe, I don't know. But here's what I want to say. My question to the Lord was, what's your will for my life? What's your will for me in this season? What's your will, God? And I believe there are many here today who are asking the same question. Now, maybe you're asking for clarity on the will of God in your business, perhaps in your family, maybe in relationships. I don't know exactly what it is for you, but I'm almost certain that the majority of us here and watching at home have that question, that underlying question and deep in our heart of, I just need to know what the will of God is for me. When I know what his will is for me, then I can do it with my whole heart. Are you with me? So I wanna talk about really briefly how to uncover what that will is. Because it says in Ephesians chapter five, I believe it's verse 17, says, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So I don't know about you, but I can take from that scripture that to not know the will of God is actually to be foolish. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody because I've been there, done that, wrote the book. Okay, literally. <laughs> no. That verse shows me that I have an invitation to know what the will of God is. We're supposed to know the will of God is. Are you with me? So we're gonna go through that and talk about it, but I just wanna go over some fundamental steps that precede walking and knowing what the will of God is. Sound good? Okay, let's see here. Um, let's go to Hebrews. <clears throat> Thanks for enduring all of that. That took a lot longer than I was expecting. Mm. I love you so much. Thank you. I forgot to tell you, while I was working on the, on the book, I was just randomly um, prompted to go back to the book that I originally wrote. I had called it Shut the Door, How to Live a Lifestyle 
like Jesus in prayer, something like that, out of Matthew 6, 6. And I felt like I needed to go to that book to, you know, put some things in this new book. And so I went and I opened up the file and I scrolled down to the portion that I was looking for. I got it, I copied it and I pasted it and I formatted it in the new book. And all of a sudden, after I got done, I put my laptop away and I'm like walking around the house. All of a sudden, I, I realized something. Did you catch it? My file worked. What? I went to the laptop. I opened the file. I opened the file. And it was all there from start to finish. So I, I, I took the content. That actually, that's the first three chapters is from that book uh, in this one. And I told Pastor Bob about it just kind of like, I think I did something wrong. I don't even know. And he, and he looked at me. I wish you could have seen his face. It was awesome. Because Pastor Bob and Pastor Char, they've seen miracle after miracle after miracle, you know. And it's, it's incredible because it provokes all of our faith, you know. And, but it's, what's amazing is that they steward this ability to never see anything um, from a complacent way. It's, everything's always new for them, which is just so wonderful. It's like it's a, this childlike faith. So I go and I'm telling Pastor Bob this story. And he looks at me. He's like, what? You know the Pastor Bob look? What? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. But I opened the file. And he said, no, you didn't. He was, he was telling me I didn't. I said, no, I, I did. He said, you know, you can't. I said, you're a pastor. I opened the file. He said, but you can't. It was corrupted. Trust, trust me. I worked on it. I'm like, trust me. I wrote it. I know. It didn't work. And he's like, and after we, we, go, we banter back and forth, he finally says, that's a miracle. That, that was a real miracle is what he said. And it really, really was. So anyway, that's, that was the first, that's the first three chapters in the book. But again, when God calls you to do something, because he's called every single one of you to something. And guess what? Every single one of you are called to something that's way bigger than you. It's way bigger than I would dare to say even what you see right now. And we don't always see the end picture, which is why we walk by faith and not by sight. Can I just tell you, this is, I know we went to Hebrews, but I'm going to start with a verse that Jake used last night because it's also a dear verse to me. It's Psalm 119, verse 105. Please write it down. Psalm 119, 105. It says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many know it does not say your word is a lamp unto my future? I went, I went hiking with Scott Keeler one time, and he has this insane LED hiking lamp thing. Scott, you know what I'm talking about? That crazy thing? Yeah, I, I had mine from Walmart. <laughs> it was like this chintzy little, it's me city boy trying to be a country boy. You know, I put on this little, this little, uh, whatever, it's not very good. But I look at Scott, he turns his on and it like, I, I thought we could see into Canada. It was just <laughs> all the way over there. I'm like, are we going that far? And I think sometimes with God, we expect him to illuminate the whole way. From, from here all the way to the end. But how many know that that would no longer require us to have relationship with him? So if he showed us the end from the beginning, then we wouldn't have to rely on him. But God is so, he is so in love with us that he doesn't want us to just go without him. He wants to go with us. That's why it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And can I tell you something? The lamps back then were not like Scott's headlamp, okay? They weren't. They were this little clay pot. Maybe it was a different substance, but it wasn't very big. It was something close to this. There was a flax wick that came up out, and it was fed with olive oil. Now, I don't know 
I, I haven't seen one firsthand, but that's roughly what it would look like. If you were to light that, that, that wick, how much light does that emit? Just like a lighter. It doesn't have Scott's effect, right? <laughs> it didn't even have my crappy Walmart effect. No, it illuminates just enough around you to take the next step. Your word is a lamp onto my feet. We walk by faith and not by So his word illuminates just enough room for us to take the next step, just to take the next step, just to take the next step. What does that look like for you? Ask the Lord, what's my next step? But even before he can answer that, I wanna just preface by saying the foundation of our lives as Christians is not a prophetic word. The foundation of our lives as Christians is not being called out by a speaker. The foundation of our lives as Christians isn't even walking in our calling. The foundation of our life, can I just say, it's the word of God. It's the scriptures. Because these scriptures right here, the word of God, is the only infallible source that we got. It's the only form of communication that we have from God that we can truly stand on without any hesitation. We don't have to, to, to critique or judge this word. It has already been proven through the test of time. Amen. Right? Amen. So the first stage, if we want to walk in our calling, walk, no, no pun intended, you know. But if we want to walk in our calling or walk in the will of God, how many know we need the word of God? Amen. And we need it not just on, on our phone, we don't just need a poster of it, although that's cool. Um, we, we don't need just an Instagram post with it or whatever. No, we need it in us. We need it in us. Man shall not live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Are you with me? So we need the word of God. It says in Hebrews chapter four, did I tell you where to go yet? Or are you just waiting for me? Oh, you're so, you're so patient. Love is patient. Hey, Hebrews 4, watch this in verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful. The book that you're holding, the Bible, maybe you use your phone, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, but the word of God is alive. How can it be? Let's keep looking. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. How many know the word of God is the only offensive weapon that we've been given? Amen. The shield of faith, yeah, I've heard preaching, you know, you can use the helmet of salvation to hit somebody, whatever, I don't know about that. But what we do know is that the sword of the Spirit according to Ephesians 6, is the word of God. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. You want to slay lies that are coming against you? You need this. You don't need your podcast. You don't need to go find out what the latest preacher said that you like listening to on YouTube. You need this in you. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And watch this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Wow. When we read the Bible, the Bible reads us. Some people wonder, how long should I read it? Read it until it reads you. Now this in verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. His sight. We were just talking about the word. Who's the word? In John 1, right? In the beginning was the, and the word was, and the word, he was in the beginning with God. How many know the Bible, the one, the thing that we hold right here? It's, yes, it's paper and it's, it's fake leather, 
or real leather, John, wherever you are, you know. Um, your Bible is literally, if you could put the DNA of Christ under a microscope and look at the helix of what makes him him, you're, you're holding it. This is what it would look like. Before Abraham was, I am. So the very first thing that we must do, if you want to walk in the will of God, get into the word. And get, let the word get in you. You know, the people that are so, and the second thing is hearing the voice of God, okay? But let me tell you something. We cannot hear, we, we cannot effectively, consistently, and accurately discern the voice of God without cultivating a depth in the word of God. Right? I saw this in my own life. I wanted the voice of God, man. Oh, Lord, tell me what my calling is. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Come on, just tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. How many of us a good prayer request? It's awesome. Nothing wrong with that. But he can't trust me with his voice if he, if he can't trust me with his word. I got to get into the word. Are you with me? Let me tell you this. This is amazing. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, I'll read the Bible and I'm like, why? You say one thing here and then you say another thing there. I'm just confused. Let's go to Mark really quick. Is it Mark? I think it's Mark. Chapter 5. This is really fascinating. I lied to you. It's not Mark. <laughs> I swear I read my Bible. Give me a second. Give me a second. Well, now, where is it, guys? It might be Luke. Okay, it's not Luke. It's one of the Gospels. Help me out. Got it. Thank you so much. Okay. John chapter 5. <laughs> Matthew, no. Mark, no. Luke, no. Look at this. This is Jesus. He's talking to some of the religious, the religious hotshots. And he says this in John 5, verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Okay. So now I'm, I'm going to transition a little bit, because number one, we need the word of God. Yes? We're all in agreement on that? Okay. If you disagree, come talk to me afterwards. But that is the foundation of everything. But how many know with the scriptures alone, we can still miss it? We can read the Bible and not have a relationship. That's, that's why there are atheists who know the Bible better than most Christians, and they're still dead on the inside. But the power is in the word, brother. I believe that. I agree. But it has to be partnered with the blood. Watch this. This in Jesus, I believe, demonstrates this in verse 39 of John chapter 5. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. He's talking to people who know the scriptures better than you and I. But he's like, you go to them thinking in the scriptures you find life, but I want you to come to me. Isn't he a loving God? He doesn't want you just to be a good, studious student of, of the text he wants to know us. 
He wants to be close with us. Isn't that something? So, we must have a foundation of the word of God. And when we have a foundation of the word of God, then I believe God will trust us with his voice. And his voice is given in relationship, in the context of relationship. Think about the people that you, that you know. Who, who are some people that you can think of that know, or know the voice of God better than like anybody? Pastor Shard, 100%. Bobby Connor, yes. There are people that we can think of, right, who know the voice of God like crazy. Like they can just be, I don't know, grocery shopping and then all of a sudden the Lord will speak to them about something and I don't know, they go up to the third heaven and something crazy happens and whatever goes on. But all of these people are pastors, Bobby Connor, whoever. But you know, you know Bobby Connor? He has the whole Bible memorized in multiple translations. Have you ever been to a meeting with him? I'll, I'll help you out. Next time you're in a meeting with him, when you're taking notes, just write down the Bible and you'll be good. <laughs> Spark notes. I'm telling you, I dare you, write down every scripture that he says in his messages. It's insane. So how is it that he can hear the voice of God so clearly and so accurately and so acutely? Because he has such a depth in the word of God. My friend, if you want to grow in hearing the voice of God, I know I, I still do. I remember when I was in high school and I started hearing people tell me all the time, they're like, yeah, the, the Lord told me and I went and did this thing or the Lord said and I did this. And then after that, following that would be this incredible testimony. You ever heard that from somebody? Maybe do an offering or our pastors when they're preaching or somebody you listen to online. Are you with me? And you, I started noticing these incredible testimonies, but I, I noticed that what preceded the testimony was that they heard the voice of God. So they were obedient, yes, but they, they had something to be obedient to. And I remember asking, well, how do I, how do I get that? Because if I could get that, then I, could, I can do it too. I could be obedient too. I just need to know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm ready, man. Just, I just need to know what you're saying. And so I became obsessed with learning the voice of God. And I'm still on this journey. I'll never end. How many know we never arrive until we take our last breath? It's just constant step after step after step until we're before the throne. Amen? My point is, if you want to grow in hearing the voice of God, grow in reading the word of God. Okay? That's all I'm trying to say. And can I just be blunt? Get rid of the excuses. Just get rid of them. They're, they're, they're actually hindering you. They're not helping you. Oh, I have a hard time with it. Well, fine, fix it. You know, the, on your phone, you can download. I don't even know how many translations are in English. There's so many. They're very easy to read. Very easy to read. You can, you can listen to it. You can just listen to it. While you're working, while you're driving, while you're sleeping, you can, my wife does this, she'll listen to it while she's reading it. It's just, it's that much more helpful. You take two senses now to get the word in you. Are you with me? Yeah. I, but I understand. I know that sometimes it's tough and sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you don't understand it. But guess what? The Holy Spirit is assisting you. He, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as our helper. He's our teacher. He leads us into all truth. But if we don't go to the truth and spend time in the truth, then how many know we're going to just be meandering around, you know? So, so just trust him. And, and let me tell you this. Even if your brain doesn't register every single verse that you read, because I know for me, sometimes, my Lord, sometimes I got to read the same thing 10 times. <laughs> I, it's a wonder I even wrote a book. I, can, I have a hard time reading them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have to re read the same page over and over and over. Is anybody else like that? I'm telling you, it's frustrating, right? 
But even when your mind's not comprehending it, your spirit is absorbing it. You have, you have the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, took a, took a dead man and resurrected him back to life after three days of being tortured, three days after being tortured. That same spirit is dwelling on the inside of us. And you better believe, man, he helps us. So you might not in the moment be remembering the words that you're reading and all that, but you watch, and you guys know what I'm talking about, where you'll be like maybe a week later or maybe that afternoon talking with somebody and then it just comes out. And you thought, whoa, where did that come from? Let me tell you, it didn't come from here. It didn't come from a, 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 the D drive in your brain or whatever. No, 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 it came from your spirit. Are you with me? Okay, so we need to make sure that we're spending time in the word of God. As we're spending time in the word of God, then all of a sudden we experience the voice of God. And, when we're, and as we're experiencing the voice of God, then I believe we can experience the prophetic. But here's what happens. So many, I hear this a lot with young people. Oh yeah, I just love listening to YouTube. And the, 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 they go to YouTube and listen to these preachers. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But when YouTube preachers, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever, replaces relationship with Jesus, we're out of balance. And I've learned this after now 10 years, and I enabled it myself, so I've had to repent on my own. But I found that people would even come to me as a leader wanting to get what they can only get from him. But I didn't recognize that, and so I would try to give them what they're looking for, thus further enabling their lack of relationship with the Lord, making matters significantly worse for them and for me. Because then all of a sudden, now I'm the one they're looking to when they should be looking to Jesus. And then it puts an unhealthy strain on me because how many know none of us were ever meant to be him? <laughs> we're just massive billboards with an arrow pointing up. So now I've learned this and I'm, I'm learning how to navigate the waters because sometimes we need to give counsel, right? We need to do that. But other times we need to point people to their knees. Hey man, what, what should I do? What has God said? Uh, I, you know, I haven't really been praying much lately. Okay, that's number one, that's your problem. Don't try to expect to find answers apart from the answer. It's not gonna fly, you know? So anyway, if, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to want uh, prophecy, amen? 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, pursue love, desire gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Right, the Bible says, do not despise prophecy. It's, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a gift to the body. To an unbeliever, the prophetic unlocks the secrets of their heart, showing them that surely God is amongst us. So it says in 1 Corinthians. The prophetic for a mature believer confirms what God's already speaking. But how many know you're not going to be able, he can't confirm what hasn't been spoken. Let me rephrase that. He can't confirm what hasn't been heard. And we can't hear unless we've first read. Are you tracking with me? I know this isn't fun because in America, we want the shortcut. You know what I mean? Come on, we open the apps map. Do you take the longest route or the shortest one? You take the shortest one. And you can't fool me. You try to beat the ETA that's on there too. <laughs> I know, I know what you're doing. Tori, close your ears, police officer. I know. Yeah, it says you'll be there in 57 minutes. You're like, watch me make it in 55. <laughs> right? Or maybe you had a long day and you want to cook. What's the first thing you do? Carry out. Take out. You don't fire up the crock pot. Uh-uh. You're like, it's too late for that. Maybe the instant pot if you're crazy, you know. But no, no, no. You go through the drive-thru or you get takeout. Something fast, right? How many times have you said, you're looking at your spouse, you're like, what do you want tonight? I just don't want to cook. 
right? We don't, we don't want to take the long route, but I just have to break it to you. There is no shortcut. If we want to walk in the will of God and we want to be confident and secure in our relationship with him, it requires diligence. It says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And let me tell you something, diligence isn't always partnered with feelings, and that's okay. Just like Jake said last night, I loved it so much, it ministered to me. When him and I actually talked about it last week, we had a Jake doubleheader this weekend, and it was so cool because he's my brother from another mother, okay? I'm telling you right now. We're sitting at the coffee shop, and we're, we're like sharing kind of what we're feeling on our hearts. They're the exact same thing. Isn't family awesome? Man, it's so good. Anyway, he talked about um, going through the motions, and he's talking about how when people will say, oh, my heart's not in it, you know? And he's like, going through the motions is an amazing thing to do when you're not feeling it. I'm, I'm, don't take my word. He said it way better than what I'm trying to do here. Uh, and it was really loving and all that. You know when somebody, like, shoots you, but it's like with a, like a, like a Nerf gun, you know? It's like, oh, oh, I, thank you. <laughs> right? It was like that. It was so good. Anyway, just go check it out. Um, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the prophetic, it's amazing and it's wonderful, but he'll confirm what he's already speaking. You know, and I've seen this time and time again in my life, and you've seen it in yours. When God says something and you're like, I was just reading about that today, or I just asked about that about, or I just, I just asked God about that last week. Are you with me? That's the flow. But the problem is sometimes we want to jump the gun and we just want to get the prophetic word. We want the shortcut. And God's like, hey, you want the right thing but we need it in the right order because I love you, because I want you more than your works, more than the calling. I want you. Can I just tell you that this morning? More than your calling, more than anything you do with your hands, he wants you. More than the works of your hands, any ministry that you feel God's called you to, he wants your heart. Isn't that something? What a loving God. Spoke all of the world into existence and he says, love me. That's the greatest commandment. Love me. Isn't that something? We're not pregnant. We're not pregnant. But I understand why you'd think that. I'm sorry if the announcement was uh, dis disappointing. <laughs> I want to thank Birch and Asia for setting all this up. They are enjoying a vacation out in California right now. And I told them I had this illustration in my heart. And like in a matter of 20 minutes, they just put all of this together and built this. And really, really amazing. Really amazing. Okay, so one of the things I really love is homemade bread. By your response, you do too. If you don't like carbs, come up. We're going to pray for you at the end. If you're on a keto diet or something really, really sad like that. So when you make bread, I don't know the first thing about this. By the way, my wife just made a loaf of bread last night, homemade, for the first time, right? That was your first time cranking one out? Let's go, man. Okay, so we need flour, right? I don't know what this is. Is this salt? That's a lot of salt. Or maybe it's baking powder and salt. Oh, it's yeast. Excuse me. Okay. I feel like Emerald. Anybody remember Emerald? The Italian cooking network? Whatever. Okay, this is sugar, I'm pretty sure. So you put this all in here. So you got your dry ingredients. It's the necessary component to make bread, yeah? Can all the bakers help me out? Because I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm just guessing. 
pretending like I know what I'm doing. So this is dry ingredients. And how many know these dry ingredients are useful for many things? They can do a lot of things. We can do cookies. We can do bread. We can do... <laughs> what was it? Bake pie. Scones. Muffins. Cake. Bread. Just, just nudge your spouse if you want them to just make any of those things for you. If you just, hey, you know, if you feel led by the Lord, I think it's the will of God. So the, these, oh, biscuits, that's a good one. These dry ingredients, while they can do many things, by themselves, they can't do anything. By themselves, okay? I just want to propose, well, I shouldn't say that they can't do anything. This might not be the best analogy, but just roll with me, Okay. The word of God is kind of like these dry ingredients, that its potential is limitless. You can do so many things with it without question, but it needs something else to be fully effective. This here is water and oil, okay? Water and oil. I believe water represents salvation and, and relationship with the Lord. Oil, I believe, represents the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, when you combine relationship, salvation, relationship, and the Holy Spirit with the Word of God, all of a sudden, I'm about to make me a loaf of bread, man. All of a sudden now you can, you can work it together. How many know it goes hand in hand? You work it together. It's not just the dry ingredients by itself. It's not just the Word of God by itself. It's not just, oh, I have a relationship with God, but we don't ever read the Bible, because how many know that makes no sense? Can I just say that again? To claim to have a relationship with Jesus, but never be in the Word, it's incongruent. It, it does not make sense. They must go together. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I love Jesus. Okay, what are his commandments? <laughs> you know, I, the, the Bible's hard for me, <laughs> but man, I love Stephen Furtick. Woo! Love me some Stephen Furtick. Okay, good. I love Stephen Furtick too. But Jesus wants you to read his word. I remember somebody saying one time, it was my youth pastor, he was talking about somebody in his college, and uh, he was saying that there was a teacher at his university that said, there's this old woman, I don't remember her name, but she was just this precious old soul, and she would walk around, she's like a super granny, you know? And she'd say, she'd say, you don't, you don't want that secondhand word. No, you want that firsthand word. I, I only heard it once and it stuck with me and I still remember it today. I don't mind listening to preachers like online or whatever, that's fine. But more than wanting to hear their revelation from their relationship with God, from their time in the scriptures, I want my own. I want my own relationship with God. I want to read the scriptures myself, and I want to have him speak to me firsthand. Don't you? Come on, somebody. Don't you want that firsthand word? Thank God for the secondhand word. Praise God for that. It's ministering to us. It provokes us. It helps us. Hopefully, this is something that will be beneficial to you. But ultimately, life is found in him, in the closet. Are you with me? So we make, <laughs> this is a lovely lump of bread here. And then what we do, we take the word of God, we take relationship, and then we put it in the fire. (laughs) 
You're welcome. <laughs> this was all birch, by the way. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I need a box, and I need to be like an oven. And he's like, got you, you know. <laughs> and isn't that great fire? So we put all of this before the presence of God. We take our lives and we present it before God. And how many know it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, brethren, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, pleasing. This is your, this is your acceptable form of worship. Okay, are you with me? And it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to test and prove what God's will is. What's God's will? Track with me. The word of God, relationship with God, the fire of God. In, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, it says, for we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, right? Then in, the very, in verse 29, I think it is, maybe it's 28, don't quote me. But he says, for our God is an all-consuming fire. Anytime that God accepted an offering in the Old Testament, it was with fire. How many know when the fire and the offering become one? He accepts it. So we need the fire of the Lord. I wish I could spend more time there. But what ends up happening, we put it into the, to the fire. And how many know it takes time? It takes time. You know, the Bible talks about leadership and how to not put a new convert immediately into leadership. Right? Lest they be puffed up with pride and then it ends up being a destructive force in their life. No, we need time. We need time. It's okay. But as it's in there and at the proper time, you get a loaf of bread. This is the product. This is anointed, my love. Wow. You can just feel it. We get the finished product. You know, sometimes we look at other people's finished product, and we think, well, how do I get there? How do I do that? Man, it's, it, it, there's no secret sauce. There's no shortcut. This is it. It's the Word of God. It's knowing Jesus. It's spending time in the presence of the Lord, submitting our lives completely to Him, allowing Him to light us on fire, saying in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ in me. Becoming a dead man, consumed with the, the fire of God, commissioned by the presence of God, all of a sudden, you know, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Isn't that something? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Remember when he was talking about manna? And he said, that this bread, you know, came, that came down from heaven. He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. You know what else he said? And it was in John chapter four. He said, it was, it was at the woman at the well, remember that? And, and Jesus, sorry, we're gonna wrap up soon. But he was with this woman at the well, John chapter four. The disciples come back and they're like, you know, are you hungry or whatever? And he said, I have food you know nothing about. And they said, where did you get the food? I don't know where you got the food. Sometimes we're a little slow. <laughs> but he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That's what he said, right? Who, who wants the will of God? Who wants to walk in the will of God? You guys want to split it? I want to pass this around a little bit. Brian, you want, you want some of the will? Huh? Who else wants some of the will of God? Come on, don't you want to walk in the will of God? This bread is not the will of God. Calm down. I'm just, it's an illustration, all right? And isn't it funny, too, that bread is a representation of his body? Isn't that something? I was thinking, too, about how the water 
represents a relationship because in John chapter four with the woman at the well, I'm saving the rest for me. You guys get to partake in my wife's first ever loaf of bread. You should be very thankful. <clears throat> but I was thinking about John, uh, John four when he, when he said to the woman, hey, give me a drink. And she said, this well is deep. You know, who are you to ask me? He said, if you knew who was asking you, you would have asked him for a drink and he would have given you a drink of living water. And that water, it would have became in you rivers of living water. I just, I find it fascinating that, that even his first miracle was when he turned water into wine, Scott, you know? And wine represents his blood. And the only way to experience relationship, that fountain of living water would only be through his blood. I just think that's so wonderful, don't you? Would you stand with me? If I could get an anointing, anointed keyboard player. <clears throat> the Lord has a purpose on your life. And he doesn't want it to be a mystery. Did this illustration make sense? Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is your key text for uncovering what the will of God is for your life. Because I'm telling you, this church, every single person in here, whether you're here or whether you're watching at home, there is a purpose, a divine destiny that is embedded in the fabric of your DNA. It took the Lord six days to speak the world into existence. It took him nine months to handcraft you. That's why in Ephesians 2.10, he says that we are his masterpiece. It doesn't say that the Grand Canyon is his masterpiece. It doesn't say that Wisconsin in the winter is his masterpiece. I know that much is true. <laughs> no, he said you, me, we are his masterpiece. So how do you uncover what the will is? This is it. If you're to try to summarize all this. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, say prove, you get to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You get to prove it. It doesn't have to be a guess. So if you would, just close your eyes for a moment. Maybe you're here this morning. And in fact, I just, I feel like there are some people here. The Lord wants you to come home and you know who you are. In fact, I feel like there are even some Christians here who I don't have time to dive into all this, but it's like you've been duped with a, as Jake Bradway said last night, a shallow gospel. That you thought by coming to Jesus, it was like a seven day trial and you just gave it a shot and you're kind of, you've been in and you've been out and all this. But I feel like the Lord's inviting you in to the full gospel this morning. The full gospel that, guess what? Without God, we have no hope. We are lost in our sin. Every single one of us. There is no one righteous. No, not even one. Sin has separated us from God. But because of God's incredible love for us, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to bear the weight of the sin of the world so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But it's not from just trying Jesus. 
It's not from just going to church and it's not just from being halfway in or halfway out. No, this, this Christian walk is a complete death to self. It's dying to yourself, repenting of your sin. Every single drop of your former life lay down at the feet of Jesus and given to him and allowing him to rule and reign in you. And I feel like there are some here to, uh, the, this morning who you're done being in and out. You're done being halfway in, halfway out. You're done having a watered down faith. You're done going to just listen to podcasts. You want the real thing. You're done living off of secondhand word. You want the, we want the firsthand word. You know who you are. If you would, just close your eyes if you would, please. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand to the Lord and say, that's me, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Keep your, hand, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, you can lower your hands. Praise God. Praise God. If you would, just put your hand on your heart. There's a commissioning with this, and God's gonna, God does what only God can do, but how many know we gotta do what we gotta do? Stay connected to your church family. Read your Bible every day. Spend time with Jesus every day. You do those three things, you're gonna be in really good shape. And if this is your first time giving your heart fully to the Lord, get baptized. We just had an amazing baptism Sunday last week, and we wanna invite you to, to do that. And so can I have the ministry team come up here? As we close, I want to invite you, if you raised your hand, and even if you didn't, but specifically if you did, I want to invite you to come up, to take a step of faith and to have one of these folks pray with you because they're going to be able to give you your next steps on what to do and they're going to be able to get you connected and just pray for you. Maybe you're already connected. Maybe you're already you know, all that's good. You know what you're supposed to do, but maybe you just need somebody to just pray with you. Well, this is the opportunity, okay? So we're just gonna pray. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my whole life. I'm done living off secondhand word. I'm gonna live off your firsthand word. I'm gonna read your word every day to the best of my abilities. I'm gonna seek your presence. I'm gonna cultivate a relationship with you by the help and the power of your Holy Spirit. I give you my life in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen, would you? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen.